here we go. All right, welcome to our unnamed podcast. Unnamed. Remains unnamed. The Justin and George Unnamed Goosebumps Podcast. That's right. By the time we post these, we might actually have a name. We'll probably have a name by the time we post these. Or maybe our fans will uh, hit us up with a good name. That would be great. That would be great. Hit us on social media or wherever uh, podcasts like these are found. Hit us up in the supermarket, on the street. Supermarket. In the work. Yep, yep. Call us us on the phone. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So, Justin, what do we have today? Uh, Today, we're going to be doing book two. Book two of R.L. Stein's Goosebumps series. That's right. I believe this book was also published in 1992. I think there are three covers that came out for this book. First cover looks pretty much like you have a swamp thing coming out of your basement. Yeah. Second cover is just super goofy. Mm, It's pretty awful. What would you say, Justin? Uh, I would say it's pretty awful. It's a pretty awful cover. It just looks like a tree and lab coat. I, 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 I would fire the artist. Yeah. You know, and never have them work again. Third cover. Third one's okay. More reminiscent of the original one. It's just um, yeah. less, um, more vines, less yeah. um, swamp thing looking. Yeah, the first one's the best, though. First Classic. one is by, by far the best. For by sure. far the best. So yeah. Nice. And, and the title of the book, George? The title of the book is Stay Out of the Basement. Stay Out of the Basement. Stay Out of the Basement. Well, which, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I guess if you want to do that. So, um, Justin, did you read this book ahead of time? I read it in the past week, yes. No, I mean, like, uh, like uh, when you were... When I was a kid? No. Yeah, when you were no. younger. I've still never really read any of the Goosebumps books when I was a kid. All right. I was All a right. Fear Street kid. Just to uh, just to recap, for any of our new listeners, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've definitely read many of these Goosebumps books. Justin, he was too edgy at the time. You know, he was like doing... Raised on Fear Street. Raised on Fear Street, doing skateboard tricks at the time. That's right. You know. So, um, yeah, I was looking at the regular Goosebumps book, and I believe... This one, Stay Out of the Basement, um, was one of the first ones in um, a pack, like a four or six pack or something like that. And so, like, even this cover is reminiscent of, like, a pack that I used to have on my shelf. So, but yeah, Stay Out of the Basement was one that I do remember. But, um, Justin, what's your hot take on this book? Um, I liked it a lot. So, it was actually very different from book one. Book Mm -hmm. one, as you may recall, is Welcome to the Dead House. That was a spooky one. This one... Um, not very spooky per se, but pretty interesting and uh, like stylistically, like very different from the first one. But it was good. I think it maybe it kind of had a slow start for me, but once it got to the end, it was it was pretty good. I liked it. It was a little bit more sci-fi than you know Spook House, so for sure it was well but better put together. I'd say you know so. Uh, Justin, so just like as we normally do, Justin has some notes on the book, yeah. and I'll just chime in as uh, we go. Perfect. So. Uh, would you like to start us off? Is it time to get into spoiler territory? Spoiler territory. So, again... If you haven't read the book. Take um, take a few minutes to uh, sit down and read it. Uh, you can find them at your local library, or um, you could purchase them on the internet. Yep. We'll give you uh, a Go few ahead. moments. Go so ahead and pause the podcast. Right about now. And we're back. And we're back. Thank you for going and reading the book. Yep. So now that you've read the book, mm-hmm. um, let's go ahead and jump in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do, do you have what was written on the back of the book? The little blurb on the back. No. Would you like to read the blurb on the back? <laughs> sure. Go ahead. All right. So would you like to or no. want me to read it? <laughs> so let's see. According to this, it says, Dr. Brewer is doing a little plant testing in his basement. Nothing to worry about. Harmless, really. But Margaret and Cassie Brewer are worried that their father, about, worried about their father, especially when they meet some of his plants, some of the plants that are growing down there. 
They then noticed that their father's developing plan like, oh, wait a second. This isn't the blurb from the back. <laughs> Are you reading the book? <laughs> I think reading the book. <laughs> and possibly the synopsis. Possibly reading the synopsis. All right. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah we is... Maybe we'll edit that out, or, or maybe we won't. Maybe. Maybe. Whatever. Right. Anyway, just, um... I left my copy of the book at home today. I apologize to everybody. Yeah. No problem. All right. So, let's go Stop ahead. Stop hitting me, Justin, please. <laughs> let's go ahead and get started. <laughs> go and, for it. Yeah. So, um... We, is it relevant for us to like introduce our own scientific backgrounds? As like, so George and I have a, a background in the sciences. Yes, and so I feel like we um, may be connected with this book. Yes, yes, more than we would have connected with a lot of other books. Both of us have PhDs in biomedical engineering. That's right. So trained why scientists. Are, why are we doing this podcast? It's, eh. it's unclear. It's unclear. Well, we need to run a few experiments. Yeah. So, um, so anyways, the the story. Let's jump into it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it opens with uh, Casey and Margaret Brewer. Those are our protagonists. Mm -hmm. Story opens upon them uh, playing a game of frisbee. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, they've got a dad. His name is uh, Doctor Brewer. He's mm -hmm. a scientist, and the kids are kind of at the at the opening opening pages, kind of talking about how they used to be close with their father, but he's grown very very distant. Mm -hmm. He has no time for them anymore. He barely speaks to his kids. Uh, Margaret says that he used to, you know, play with her and used to have like affectionate names for her, like princess, uh, but doesn't talk to her at all anymore. Mm -hmm. So th it sounds like Dr. Brewer is pretty, he's a negligent father. Well, yeah, he's pretty much engrossed in his, um, work apparently. Uh, did they, at this point, did they talk about the fact that he, um, just got, um, you know, started working at home? Yep. We're going to definitely going to jump into that. Um, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. yeah, he's, he's recently fired from Polytech. About which which Polytech, Justin? <laughs> it's, it's unclear. California Polytech? Uh, they, well, they they are in California, mm -hmm. but he's been fired about four weeks before the beginning of the story. Kids don't know exactly why, but they heard that it has something to do with the plants that Dad had been growing and some experiments that had gone wrong. So Dad is, is apparently like a botanist. Yeah, some sort of um, plant scientist. Yes, yes. They've got a mom as well, um, is who is also neglected by Dad. Um, and as George said, they're they're in California. They're from Michigan. Uh, but dad moved them out there because he took a new job at the university. To work at Polytech. And then so. quickly after that, he got fired. <laughs> he quickly he got, got fired. Canned. So um, he decided to stick around as opposed to going home because he felt his research was that important. Yeah, he's trying to figure some things out. Uh, for the moment, he's got a laboratory in the basement of his house. And he does secret stuff down there. Um, they say that he's down there most days for like eight or nine hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, mm -hmm. And it struck me as a little bit odd that they considered eight to nine hours a day like he was like an obsessive, obsessive scientist. <laughs> well, remember, this is a kid's book and kids have a hard time doing thank anything. You, thank for... you for continuing to remind me that it's a, <laughs> it is a children's book. I remember your uh, take on the last book as you were very happy with knowing the plot ahead exactly. of time. Exactly. Yeah, I was very proud of myself. I had and to remind Forgetting you. that it was a children's book. Yeah, so eight to nine hours. That but anyways, is... no, but the kids say that he's down in the basement for eight to nine hours on most days. But they characterize it as if his life is completely engrossed by his work and he does not pay attention to his family. But if he's actually down in the basement eight or nine hours a day, what is he doing the rest of his time? Well, let's see. Eight to nine hours a day in it's the like basement. It's a work day, a standard work day. Yeah, eight to nine hours. If he's down there every day, eight to nine hours, let's say he also has, you know, let's say not eight hours of sleep, right? That's only what? 16 hours? Well, he's got, yeah, he's got eight hours left. He's got eight hours left, right? And he's not spending that with his children. No. What does or he his do? Wife. Or his wife. Probably having an affair. Hey, hey, having a plant affair. Possible. Uh -huh. All right. But, but I think from the outset, we get the sense that there's kind of this obsessed, mad scientist thing going on with dad. But the fact that he's only 
working eight or nine hours a day. I don't know. It seems like if he was truly dedicated to mad science, he'd be down there like 16 hours a day, 18 hours a day. Yeah. Sleeping down there. I mean, like, For again, sure. anyone that's actually done science knows that eight to nine hours, that's that's um easy. It's nothing. That's, that's not a lot. That um, is not a lot. Not a lot. So the kids, uh, like the story opens with them playing a Frisbee frisbee game, tossing the bee. Um, As the kids call it nowadays. <laughs> Casey and Margaret are, are throwing the Frisbee back and forth to each other because dad won't play with Casey. Um, and then afterwards, the kids go inside the house. And they try to go down to the basement to see what their dad's up to. Uh, but dad stops them at the stairs. He's pissed off. He's bleeding. He looks a little deranged. And mm. he yells at them. Stay out of the basement. He, he, be- he bellows at them. <laughs> Stay out of the basement. He says, don't ever come down here. I'm warning you. Yes. Stay out of that basement. Yeah. He's bleeding profusely from his hand. It's on his lab jacket and things like that. So first and foremost, um, again, um, scientific flaws here. If you're working with something that might cut you, you need to have the proper PPE. And Justin, what does PPE stand for? <laughs> no idea. You don't remember what PPE no. stands for? Personal protective equipment. Oh, nice. Yep. Yeah, so you need to have the proper PPE. You never PPE. watched those lab videos, did you? Probably not. <laughs> and um, again, it would contaminate your samples. It would contaminate you. So I think don't think he's using proper safety protocols. No PPE? Not, no PPE. No PPE. Also... Well, can we talk about the expense of running a lab in one's basement, or we want to save that for later? Let's talk about that right now. <laughs> okay. So the fact that he's running a lab in his basement that's able to make anything, uh, which I think we're, Justin's going to talk a little bit more later, is just a little bit outrageous because, you know, he doesn't have a job, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be able to support just basic laboratory equipment takes a few thousand dollars on the regular basis. Yeah. Yeah, lab equipment is very expensive. PPE is expensive. PPE is expensive. So we don't really know what his setup is yet, but mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. seems like it's a little bit um, unclear how he's operating this laboratory out of his basement. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, so dad is a busy scientist dude in the basement most of the time. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks go by and mom has to go out of town. Um, her sister, Eleanor, who lives in Arizona, has been hospitalized and mom's going to be gone for an unknown length of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's leaving the kids home alone with dad. Mom's probably having an affair, too. I don't know. I'm uh, assuming, because she's been neglected for a while. Well, the thing is that uh, apparently her sister is having a um, surgery okay. and not doing well. Uh, <laughs> her sister's having an affair, too. They're helping each other with their affairs. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, her sister's not doing well, their aunt. Um, so she's going over there to uh, help with, um, sort of like, visit her sister and things like yeah. that. Additionally, I think in the Dutch version of the book, the mom, I think, just goes for a trip. Just like Dutch straight version? I think there's a Dutch version of the book where the How mom... How is it that you know that? Hey. What happens in the Dutch version? Hey, the internet. And they edit it a lot. They don't just change the language. They change the content. I don't know. It says, um, yeah, I think uh, right. the mom have just gone on a trip in the right. uh, Dutch version. Version. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, the Dutch adaptation of the story has some noble differences. Maybe it's because Eleanor lived in Arizona, and they were like, oh, we can't say the Arizona because the Dutch people maybe don't know where Arizona is. Maybe. Maybe. Um, like Miss right. uh, Mrs. Bauer is on a business trip and not visiting the kids at Aunt in Tucson. So okay. Mrs. Bauer is more of a go-getter in the Dutch version. Got it. In the American version, she's just um, a housewife that visits her sick sister. Yeah, she's um, a concerned sister. Yeah, who wants to help out Eleanor. Yeah. Um. So that's fine. But mm-hmm. mom's headed out of town and mm-hmm. leaving the kids mm-hmm. home alone with dad. Yes. Um. And then a, a neighbor friend, Diane Manning enters the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a neighbor from around the corner. As we talked about at length in the last episode, 
when you're a kid, you're just friends with whoever is in close whoever proximity. Whoever is near to you. You don't really have a choice. So Diane is the neighbor, and she's their friend. She hangs out a lot. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, kids have a lot of friends out, kind of out of convenience in the Arlstein world, but yeah. that's fine. Um, so one day, Diane's around hanging out. Um, Dad emerges from the basement because he's got to take Mom to the airport, leaving the kids home alone, watching a movie with Diane. And he's annoyed that he has to take Mom to the airport, right? Very annoyed. Yeah. Quick side note. Uh, they mentioned that it's an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Yes. And that made me wonder if that factoid anchors their universe in our universe. <laughs> we talked about this a little bit last time about George not wanting to use ter- certain terminologies like zombies and vampires because mm-hmm. you wanted it to be like, let the universe that the story exists in be unique and don't make any assumptions. Well, does the fact that he slipped in that it's an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, does that in some way anchor this in our universe or no? Of course it's ground supposed to be grounded in our universe. The reason I didn't say want those whatever genre monsters to be the genre monster to be the monsters that are described in the book is just to allow for whatever the book is saying. I'd say that this is anchored in our universe. Um I don't do they say what Schwarzenegger movie it was? They do not. They I do assume not. Predator, but I'm not sure. I don't know. It's nineteen ninety two. Was Predator out then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But Predator would be a good choice. Predator. He said it's a violent movie and it's a Schwarzenegger movie. Could be Terminator, but I'm assuming Predator. Predator was probably the most violent one at that time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or um or uh what you call it? Was um not Demolition Man. Jingle all the way? No, not Jingle All the Way. But um what was it? Uh Blade Runner? Not Blade Runner. Um Oh uh, The Running, Running Man. Man, yeah. The Running Man. Was that one out right then? Uh, it's definitely an '80s movie. That's a good one. That would probably be a better violent yeah. one for them to be watching. That for could the, be. I mean, I could see why the um, what was the boy's name? Casey. Casey. He was all about watching it several times over, while his sister and her friend were not about it. And the uh, Running Man is one they think um, is pretty action packed. Yeah, so. that's a good one. Yep, highly recommend. Um, mm-hmm. So while the kids are home alone, Dad's off taking Mom to the airport. Neighbor friend Diane wants to go check out in the basement. The kids have been talking about it a little bit. They've got her curiosity peaked. She wants to do a little snooping. Um, Margaret says that it's forbidden to go down there, mm-hmm. and that just makes Diane want to go down the basement even more. She's kind of a troublemaker. Very much so. I mean, this is a situation where, in the real world, it could get you killed. You know, it's a situation where the father obviously is working with things dangerous. Yep. He comes out with a hand gash telling them not to go down there. Yeah. Diane goes in. It's like, oh, mad scientist, which, again, not a fan of that turn. Angry yep. scientist is a more uh, useful term, yeah. you know, for what his, uh, I mean, he was, mad. he was angry because he he's was angry. fired. Yeah. You know, everyone would be angry if you're fired, but, yeah. um, bitter. He's a bitter scientist. He's a bitter scientist. Yeah. Yes. That's, well, there are plenty of those around. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of bitter scientists out like there in that. the world. That's what I'm going to call myself from now on. You call yourself a bitter, bitter scientist. scientist. <laughs> you put that on your business card. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the kids head down to the basement. It's very hot and stuffy down there. Um, there's, um, obviously humidity and heat. Um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's so hot and humid that, um, it makes the kids kind of nervous. Like this is a really weird atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, Casey's like, it's too hot down here and I'm going to take my shirt off. That's the first thing he chooses to do. He he's in the basement off. with the neighbor girl and yep. his sister. And he's like, okay, yep. first opportunity, I'm going to whip off my shirt yeah. and, and throw it on the ground. And that is uh, a plot point that'll become important in a moment. It's not just a detail that I wanted to include. This is not that kind of podcast. Um, the basement is is super bright, hot and humid. There's halogen lamps hanging from the ceiling, and it's mm-hmm. full of plants, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. big, jungly plants mm-hmm. uh, that apparently Dr. Brewer has grown in just five or six weeks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, at this point alone, if one is able to grow plants this large, 
they would be able to make plants that they could use to feed people. Like this, at this point, if you're able to grow very large vegetation in a matter of what six weeks or three weeks, yeah, it should be a situation where okay, publish, start making some money off growing food. You know, yeah, agriculture, agriculture. I Big mean, business. at that point, that that's a publishable finding. You know, for sure. If yeah, accelerated plant growth, exactly. So, but then again, that's just a scientist and me talking. Yep. But go ahead. That's Justin. just the bitter scientist. Talking. The bitter scientist. Um, so <laughs> while they're down there, Diane, of course, starts touching stuff. She's a troublemaker. I think that's going to get her killed at some point. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So she's touching stuff, even though obviously they were told not to touch anything. They were told not to go down there, mm-hmm. and they had decided they were only going down there to look. But Diane's touching stuff. And then Margaret and Casey, of course, join in on the plant touching. Mm. They touch all the plants. Yeah, um, yeah. And they find a plant uh, that looks like it's breathing. Which I don't know if you know a lot about plants, George, but that's not that's not usual. They don't audibly breathe. They don't I mean, audibly they, breathe. They, they have, you know, stoma and things like There's that. There's respiration. That There's respiration. But not like breathing. But you shouldn't hear... Yep. <sighs> coming from a plant if that if you're hearing that coming from a plant there's someone in your bushes and you should call the police exactly good advice yes um they're also while they're down there they find this weird phone booth pod thing uh, and they decide to fuck with that too um <laughs> casey <laughs> pretends to get electrocuted to scare margaret and diane because he, he's a he's a prankster mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. so they're all i think definitely disrespecting the space 100 lab 100 percent um, but the pod thing reminded me of kind of the teleporter hybridization device thing from The Fly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, have you seen The Fly, mm-hmm. George? Like I the, have not the seen. The Goldblum one. Jeff I've Goldblum. not seen The Fly. I've seen enough clips to know it's what so kind good. of goes on. But maybe that's something that you would watch it's, and talk about. It's prime Goldblum, prime Cronenberg body horror. We can maybe uh, maybe watch that and talk about that on our Goosebumps bye week. So yeah, One of my favorites. Yes. Um, after Casey's little prank, they hear moaning coming from the plants. Also very unusual. And mm-hmm. the plants are moving. So the kids are freaked out, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they they get the fuck out of there as quickly yep, as possible. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and as they're leaving the basement, they see their dad's car pull up. Uh, Casey realizes uh, that he left his shirt in the basement. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. took his shirt off down there. He left it in the basement, and he's like, Dad's going to know that I was in the basement yeah. if I don't get my shirt back. Yeah. Can't yeah. leave it down there. Nope. Um, so he has to run downstairs and get it before Dad gets into the house. So Casey runs down there. Again, he hears the plants breathing. He feels very uneasy. Uh, but he walks over to the shirt, tries to grab it. But instead, the plant grabs Casey. He gets oh, grabbed no. by a plant. Oh, yeah. no. He struggles to get away, um, but he, he can't get free. Um, Margaret's like, where is Casey? He All this time, she's upstairs just wondering why it's taking him so yep. long to pick up his shirt off yep. the ground. Exactly. So, like, all this time, she starts to worry, and then... And then she well, she goes downstairs to find him, and then mm-hmm. she helps him struggle to get free from the plant. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But as they're, they finally get him free from the plant, as they're leaving the basement, they're walking up the stairs, and Dad is at the top of the stairs, busted. Mm-hmm. They're busted. 100%. 110%. So Dad's upset. Understandably so. I'd be angry, too. You tell them not to go into the basement. You tell them it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, you leave for all of 5, 10, 15 minutes to take Mom to the airport, and you see your kids just messing around in your basement, and your son's shirtless. So yeah, exactly. that, that's just insulted injury. Yeah, but but he doesn't really flip out. He says, I'm disappointed. And he's acting like pretty cold, actually. He's not really uh, getting angry. I mean, I'm I'm disappointed can be you know, more effective than a spanking. Yeah, but he's, kind, he's generally kind of dismissive. And he seems basically just e- eager to get back to work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and like just, just a couple of weeks earlier, I remember he had like yelled at the kids, like stay out of the basement. That's and like true. Had, had warned them very harshly. So definitely his like demeanor has changed a little bit. Mm-hmm, That's kind mm-hmm. of suspicious. 
Um, and he puts a lock on the door then to keep the kids out. Makes sense. Yeah. A little bit of time goes by. Mom checks in to say that she's not going to be coming home anytime soon. Um, Margaret complains that dad is like being weird and neglecting them. Um, and then mom says, basically, like, give him a break. He's got a lot to prove after he got fired from the university. And then Margaret mentions that, you know, dad's suspicious behavior includes that he started to wear a baseball hat all the time, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. mom's like, that's really strange. Like, he never wears a baseball hat. Yeah, I think, what, what was it, a Cubs hat or something like that? I don't, I don't know if they said, maybe they said, but it's a baseball hat for sure, a baseball cap. Yep, yep. Um, so he's hiding something, perhaps, mm-hmm. under his hat. What's going on there? Hints, hints of body horror again. Yeah, keeping so it under his hat, you know? Um, so after the phone call with mom, Margaret goes down to the kitchen and finds dad is in the kitchen. And remember what he's doing, George? What is he doing? He's he's wolfing down a bag full of something. He's getting, it, he's getting deep into it. Shoveling handfuls of some substance into his mouth. He's really enjoying he's it. He's really into it. And Margaret looks down and sees that it's a bag. It's like an empty, bla- empty bag of plant food. Well, she waits until he leaves the room. Before she, you know... She finds the bag. She finds the bag. It's he plant food. Tried, plant food, George. Sink. Yeah, so... As all, we know that most plant food is, you know, fertilizer made up of the poo-poos. So, sure. he eat the poo-poos. So. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, I mean, in general, like, I guess that's, like, not really how plant food works, right? They Plants get energy from the sun. It would have made more sense, perhaps, to have him, like, sitting out in the sun as, like, mm-hmm. if he's, like... They're they're obviously alluding that he's like turning into a plant. Yeah, he's eating yeah. plant food. I mean, it's food for plants. And again, um, children's book, and so it's a situation oh, it's where children's <laughs> book. Yeah, it would make more sense for him to have his like feet in plant food and just be seeing that, or just rubbing yes. it all over his body. Yes, but or that, just to find him laying out in the sun, getting a little like photosynthesis time. Yeah, yeah, but he has all the lamps and stuff he needs in the basement. So right, but it's, it's children's book. Children's book. Right. Just a reminder. Um, so Mark tells Casey about the plant food incident. And they talk about all the recent weirdness. Margaret tells Casey uh, that she was thinking maybe dad was turning into a plant. Mm. So the kids mm. fairly early on in the story are thinking uh, there's something very plantly going on here. They're not stupid kids in this story. That's one thing. They're ki- they're kind of joking. Like she's kind of kidding, but kind of like, yeah. I mean, he was eating plant food. Yeah, I mean, He's like, being weird. I mean, that basically you call a doctor at that point. You yep. know, that should not, a human should not be eating plant food. Yep. A couple days later, uh, the kids are out playing frisbee with Diane, the neighbor girl. Uh, talking about the basement and the plants and everything, Diane apparently has heard from her father that Dr. Brewer, the dad, had been fired uh, because of his experiments were out of control and he wouldn't stop. So um, out control plant experiments and he refused to out stop. Of control. So that is um, interesting. Yeah. Uh, she also heard that somebody had been hurt or killed in the lab. That's just kind of an unconfirmed rumor. Um, the kids go home and see dad is outside doing some gardening. Um, mm-hmm. And Casey throws the Frisbee to dad. But Dad doesn't catch it. It actually hits him in the head and knocks off his hat. Oh, no. And the kids see that Dad's hair has fallen out and he has leaves growing out of his head. Hmm. Now, that is, um, you know, that would be a warning sign to me. Something's up. Something, the jig is up on this one. Um, that shouldn't happen. No. Not at all. You know? Very unusual. Bright um, green leaves, yes. But, I mean, how do you feel about this, George? Is this, is this scary? Well, I mean, the thing is that I've read this so long ago, and I kind of knew what was going to happen. Uh, it would be, I think, more frightening if I was reading something like this for the first time, and I'd never heard of any sort of body horror. I didn't know, um, you know, where this might be going. I mean, at this point, you probably, you know, with everything you've gathered so far, right? Mm-hmm. A reasonable child would be, let's get to another adult, and let's see if we can sort this out. 
But, you know, their dad, you know, comforts them and says, hey, you know, sorry, it's just, you know, side effect. It's a side effect, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but but, but o- overall, I think, like, with, like, the leaves growing out of his head and stuff, if you switch, like, the tone of the story around a little bit, this could be a comedy. It's not, like, not, like, <laughs> it could be, like, kind of a silly thing that's happening. I but. mean, it's, um, I mean, I think uh, R.L. Stein was leaning more towards um, a little bit of goofiness in his stuff. Yeah. Like, like um, again, with his first book, he regretted they didn't make it more goofy. Yeah. So, yeah, this is a little bit goofy. This hat falls off like, He's, oh, no, wait, there are leaves. Wait, did he say that? That he regretted that he didn't make the first one more goofy? He regretted they didn't make the first one more goofy. Huh. That's interesting. Because, yeah, this so, one's yeah. definitely goofier. There's definitely a lot fewer, like, end of the chapter, like, spooky cliffhanger things, like shocks. It's just a different style story. 100%. Stylistically, so different. I mean, like, he changes style um, moving on later, too. Like, this is one of the first few uh, stories that are done in the third-person view. I think he switches back to the first-person with his other books. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's a situation. It's pretty goofy. Um, there's no real major gore in this so far. Uh, his first book had, like, some pretty gory bits, like eyeballs rolling to the ground and yeah. stuff like this. My this favorite one, parts. Yeah, that, that, that's uh, it's apparently Justin's blood ran cold. Several times. S- several times. But, um, but, no, I mean, this one is, you know, pretty straightforward, a little bit of sci-fi. Yeah. Um, I wasn't really scared, per se. Right. Um, so well, it is far. a children's book. It is a children's book. Yes, thank you for reminding me. <laughs> so anyway, Dad's been hit in the head with a frisbee and knocked his head off, but he's not mad. He calmly sits the children down to have a chat because um, the kids are like, "What's going on, Dad? What's mm-hmm. going on with those leaves?" And Dad says that he's going to explain. He's uh, what he what's happening is he's building a new kind of plant in the basement, a plant that is part animal, and he's doing this by electronically transmitting animal cells into plants. So that makes what, no sense. That's what the phone booth pod thing was for. And the leaves on his head, he says, are just a side effect. Like this makes uh, like all the zero sense. If you want to make scientifically? a hybrid. Scientifically, yes. Well, it is a children's book. It is, oh, you're right. It is a children's book. I mean, like if you want to make a hybrid, you don't need to do a whole electric pod thing that large. Can you tell us how to make an animal plant hybrid? Well, you probably want to um, sort of sort of crossbreed on a cellular level. I probably want to transfer mm. uh, nuclei from maybe an animal that might be mm. slightly compatible to a plant. Mm. You'd probably want to use maybe a single cell, mm. uh, a um, sort of um, simple animal. Um, what would you say, like a uh, protist? Oh, yeah, protist. elegant or something like that? Sure. <laughs> something yeah. that's already not far, and then work from there. You know, you don't want to make two, like, teleportation pods or something like that. I don't know. Uh, it's totally overkill. Yes. Uh, overcomplicates things. It doesn't make sense that I'll be able to fund it yeah. without a university backing. Mm. Um, so Dad has given this explanation for what's going on. Margaret is not satisfied. She wants to know why he was eating plant food. Um, pretty reasonable. Uh, yeah. And Margaret does a little spying on him that same day and notices that there's a cut on his hand and the cut is dripping green blood. Yeah, so this was like later on in the evening. Like she couldn't sleep. Um, she... Um, Watched him in the bathroom after he came up and saw that his uh, hand cut, which he got at this point like a week or two ago, still oozing. Still oozing green blood. Green blood. So, yeah. In the middle of the night, Margaret and Casey can't sleep. They're talking about everything that's happened. They hear noises coming from the basement, and it sounds like a human moaning. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the basement door is locked, and they can't go down there. Mm -hmm. So they're... um, Obviously, getting more and more concerned about what's happening in the basement. Yeah, there shouldn't be that much moaning. That 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 also brings us back to what you thought the first ah, uh, issue was yeah. with the with the father. Yeah. So there's the locked door, moaning in the basement. Mother's away. Yeah. 
Mm. Moving on. Yes. Um, after a night of very little sleep, Margaret decides that she's going to confront her father about everything. Uh, she goes and finds him in the basement, but he's not there. Um, she looks for him in his bedroom. But he's not there. But she looks at his bed and notices that it's covered by a thick layer of dirt. And worms. Dirt and worms. Yeah. So, so their father apparently has been sleeping on a bed of dirt. I mean, he's into uh, some odd stuff. And again, but this seems like it could easily be like a comedy story where I mean, a science guy turns into a plant. Scientist obviously played in the movie by like Rob Schneider or something. Yeah. Yeah. Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. Is, <laughs> is, has a real green thumb. Yep. Exactly. But yeah, like... I, I don't know, like, how would you make this more funny other than putting Rob Schneider in it and having nobody watch the movie? Um, I mean, just, like, the visuals of, like, plants growing out of his head and him sleeping in a pile of dirt. It's going yeah. to be great. Yeah. yeah so I many see, laughs. I could see Rob Schneider doing that, and yep. I could also see myself not watching that movie. For sure. So, yeah, I'm like, uh, oh, that's a movie. That's yep. a nice trailer. Yeah, cool. that's definitely a movie. All right. All right. So, later that morning... Uh, Margaret is updating Casey on the weird shit she's seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dad calls them into the kitchen and says they need to eat lunch, which is unusual because Dad apparently has like never made them lunch. He's like never cooked ever. Uh, <laughs> but he says that he's made them some new kind of food. So the kids think this is very odd, but they go to the kitchen mm-hmm. and Dad gives them bowls of some kind of unidentifiable green stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, eat this. Yeah, put this in your bodies, children. Eat this. So um, It yeah. makes the kids, I would say, uncomfortable. Yes. Uh, the kids are stalling. They're asking questions. Trying, They don't want to eat it. No, but not Dad's like, yo, bit. eat that green stuff. Yeah, let and me know what you think. He gets very upset. He Maybe starts, special for you. He starts yelling at them to eat this green stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the kids are about to eat it when the doorbell rings. Mm-hmm. Saved mm-hmm. by the bell. Definitely. Um, Definitely. The kids dump the food in the garbage while Dad's answering the phone. Mm-hmm. Classic kids move. But this is a great scene. It's uh, it's kind of messed up. Dad is perhaps trying to kill his kids or something. Um, <laughs> and, you know, at this time, I'm thinking, like, maybe there's a twist coming, and we'll find out later that he was trying to protect them by having them eat some kind of antidote or something. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. for now, it seems like Dad's poisoning his kids, and I love it. It's my favorite, really? my favorite scene That's your so favorite far. part? So far, yeah. I mean, with that, I was like, okay, what's happening with this? You know, yeah, I'm glad they didn't eat it, but... Hopefully, well, there there hadn't been a lot of intense stuff so far. There's more nothing like really kind intense. Kind of the mystery of the basement, but this is an intense moment where this is true. Dad is yelling at his kids, trying to eat, get to eat this like weird stuff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're um, yeah, it's it's pretty intense. I yeah. liked it. Yeah. Um, but the person at the door who rang the bell was Mr. Martinez, who is Dad's old boss from Polytech. Mm-hmm. Mr. Martinez is checking up on Dr. Brewer's progress with his experiments. Also says that he thought Dr. Brewer did good work, and that mm-hmm. it was the board that forced him to fire Dr. Brewer. So possibly an advocate, Mr. Martinez. Do you think that he is providing him um, under the table funding for his experiments? It's very possible. Yeah, he's probably just handing him big old grant checks that he's skimming off his other uh, labs. Yeah, very possible. Um, Dr. Brewer is not super excited to have Mr. Martinez showing up unannounced. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Mr. Martinez insists on going down to the basement to like check up on the experiments. So, so possibly maybe he is bankrolling this whole operation. And he's yeah. like checking in on his investment. This could yeah. all be like a very sketchy setup. It's 100% sketchy. I mean, like, again, still, I think it's still more uh, horror than comedy, you know, right now. You got this boss that just shows up on announced and he's barging in. You know, he says, let me see the work. Let's see what's going on there, you know. Because with this technology, perhaps he's growing like illicit, uh, illegal plants. That's what I would yes. That are also drugs. And, and you know, maybe. Drug plants. Um Maybe that's what, maybe that's the end game. Mm, yeah, I mean, I guess this is 1992. Yeah, you know, there's no internet, so that's right. 
Um, the next day, um, Dr. Brewer goes to the neighbors, and the kids decide they're going to explore the basement and try to figure out exactly what's going on. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so Dr. Brewer had been asked by a neighbor to like fix something around the house. Fix a sink. Apparently, the neighbor like can't, you know, adult properly, yeah. and Dr. Brewer has to go and fix their sink for them because they don't have the yellow pages to call a plumber. That's right. And the kids are going to do some more snooping. Not exactly sure what they think they're going to figure out. They've already seen a bunch of crazy shit, and they're probably going to need their dad to explain anything else that they find. Yep, yep. But they decide they're going to go down there and look around anyway. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And Casey picks the lock on the door with well, like a paperclip. Now, this is interesting because this mm-hmm. scene here, I remember reading it and saying, you know what? I want to learn how to pick locks. You know, this was something that actually made me more interested in picking locks. Did so. you learn how to pick locks? Uh, I figured out how to pick a few locks. Okay. But um, I didn't reach my goal of becoming the best lock pick in all France Not that I set for myself way back then. In all of France, yes. Wow. So. Were you in France at the time? or No, I wasn't just, in France at the just time. Just a dream but, of yours? Yeah, I mean, you just figured out. Everybody's got to have a dream. Yeah, I mean, you want to set goals that are realistic, best right? Best locksmith in all of France. No, not Smith. Pick. Lock the best pick. lock pick in all of France, so. All right. But yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. It. Um, so they pick the lock, they go downstairs, uh, they see that the plants are even bigger, mm-hmm. they're, they're noisier, there's yes. breathing and moaning and such. Mm-hmm. The plants are kind of reaching out with their tendrils, trying to grab the kids. Yep, they managed to stay away from them this time. There's also a squirrel running around down there, um, yep, scares yep. the hell out of Casey. Um, and while they're downstairs, they do realize that they don't know what anything is, so it's completely <laughs> pointless for them to be down there, which is the, exactly the thought that I had. Uh, when they were going down there. They managed to scare the squirrel out of the only window in the basement. That um, basically the situation where, you know, everyone's a box gets out the window, and then they're happy that they achieved a single um, goal by getting the squirrel out of there yeah. because reasons. Yeah. Um, and while they're down there, they also hear banging or knocking knocking sounds. Um, from inside they, a closet that has been making noise since the first time they've been in there. Yep. And they, they also find Doctor Mr. Martinez's uh, tie and suit jacket on the floor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just then they hear someone running down the stairs to the basement and they have to hide. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they escape through an open window, which to me seems a little strange that there would be an open window to a yeah. laboratory. Yeah. Not very responsible. Nope. Um, dad's doing making plant hybrids, which can probably spores can escape through windows or something. Yep, could really mess up the ecosystem with invasive plant species. That's one of the things that I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, like again, he's not wearing proper protective equipment. No PPE. No PPE. You know, you have to have the PPE. You know, it's important. You know, he's not following proper lab protocol. Uh, what uh, biosafety level do you think this lab would be? Two or three? Like one is, you know, you don't need anything. Two, I think, are you're working with infectious diseases. Three, I think, um, you're working with um, plant animal hybrids. Well, yeah, th- three, you're working with uh, possible like heavily infectious um, uh, materials, like human materials, and four, you're working with like the plague. I mean, the man's got leaves growing out of his head, and he's bleeding green blood so i'd say this is at least a three i think this is at least Minimum. a bio a bio lab uh safety three where you have to have all sorts of different restrictions to including airflow that flows into the lab and not out i mean all like right. there's all sorts of restrictions on this yep and he's just doing this in his basement yeah um so the kids ran upstairs when they heard or they ran out the window when they heard somebody coming down the stairs mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. It, it is dr brewer who had returned home early he finds the kids coming back into the house from outside because they had jumped out the window. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so coming back in the back door, he asks the kids if they were in the basement and they say no, but he knows that they were and he calls them out on it. Um, and then the kids ask him about Mr. Martinez's jacket 
And Dr. Brewer says that he just forgot it there. He got too hot downstairs when he came to visit. Took it off and forgot it. Took off his jacket and his tie. And the, and the kids are like, okay, fine. And then Dr. Brewer says, don't go, don't go back in the basement. It's dangerous. If you do, you'll be sorry. And Margaret's like, hmm, is that a threat? You threatening me? Is this a threat? Does she say that to him? Does she call him out on it? Uh, she just thinks it to herself. Thinks it quietly yeah. to herself. Is that a threat? Like um, most kids do to their parents. Yep. Yep. A couple days later, Dr. Brewer says he's picking up mom from the airport. And while um, he's gone, the kids decide to fly kites, which yeah. happen to be down in the basement. Um, so they decide that they need to pick the lock to the basement door so they can go get, go get the kites. So strong was their urge to fly kites. Yes. That again, they disobeyed their father and ignored his warnings. I've never had an urge that strong to fly kites. I've never successfully flown a kite, unfortunately. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, it is bad. It's I, a great time. I, I, apparently. That's really fun. Probably not worth disobeying your father and going down into the basement full of scary plants. Probably not. I mean, um, you could probably pick one up from the store relatively cheap in 1992, right? I would say so. But it is possible, I guess, that um, they're just using the kites as an excuse. That they really, it's just their curiosity that's driving them to yeah, go back to yeah. the basement. Like, oh, yeah, we want, definitely want some kites. Oh, oh they're in the, well, oh. Yeah, we've got to go down to the basement. Got to go to the basement now. I'm going to fly kites. Fly kites. We don't have. Um, while they're down there getting the kites, they find the rest of Mr. Martinez stuff. So his pants, I believe. Yep, pants. Yeah. So yeah, something odd's going on if someone's leaving their pants. All of his stuff was down there, and um, his wallet, everything. And so they know Dad lied about Mr. Martinez just forgetting to take his jacket with him, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they're really upset. Yeah, uh, and they're just shocked so. that Dad would lie to them, perhaps forgetting that they've been lying to their father a lot lately. <laughs> but they like they're like devastated that their dad would lie to them. Well, like wow, I can't believe Dad lied to us. Hmm. Hmm. Perhaps forgetting for the moment that lying is like a really useful tool for getting out of situations. <laughs> Don't tell that to our young viewers. Right. Well. You shouldn't lie. You should try to be truthful. That's right. In all of your actions. That's right. Um, so, yeah, they're still down in the basement. Um, they found Mr. Martinez's stuff. Um, and while they're down there, they hear the moaning and the groaning and the banging noises again coming from the closet. They decide it's probably a good idea to open the closet. Because, yeah, what, what could go wrong? You're moaning, groaning, and yeah. banging from a closet that I think had nails in it. I think a board. It nailed was boarded across, up. Yep. A boarded up closet. Yep. So the closet's locked. It's been boarded up. Uh, and the kids decide they need to pry off the boards to open the closet. So they have to pry the door open with a hammer. Mm-hmm. And they do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In the closet, they find... Plants that have, I would say, kind of like human characteristics. Mm-hmm. The plants are breathing and moaning and such, and one of them has kind of a human arm. Yeah, so it has a, the plant has a baby arm, which is uh, pretty odd. I think there was a tomato with a face, you know. Yeah, one that, of the plants has a human face. Yeah, that uh, now that is a little bit on the creepy side. You got tomato faces, you got baby arms, you got feet. Um, not normal plants. No, not plants By that you would get at the Home Depot. Nope. You know, definitely not um, organic. No. You know, these are definitely GMOs. These are very much modified. Yes. Yep. Yes. Um, so Margaret is basically like, ew, gross. Let's get out of here. Um, but then she sees what she thinks is an actual human in there. Mm-hmm. And she pushes through the plants into the back of the closet and finds, tied up on the floor, her father. What appears to be her father. Yes. Now, like, how big is this closet that she could push past and barely see a body that's been tied up back It's there. a big closet. It must be a really big closet. But but this situation is uh, pretty crazy because dad had left to go get mom. He said, I'm going to get, pick up mom from the airport. Mm-hmm. He's gone. They go downstairs. They break into the closet. 
and what appears to be her father is tied up on the floor. Yeah. Biggest, yeah. biggest what the fuck moment of the, of the story so far, I would say. Yes. Yes. So that's pretty exciting. So dad is on the floor. What appears to be dad is on the floor tied up with plant tendrils and vines and such. He's capless. Repeat, capless. There's no hat. No cap. And has green head leaves, just like uh, mm-hmm. what they'd seen before. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Casey is like, that can't be dad because dad went to the airport. And Margaret wants to untie him, but Casey's like, no, don't do that. You mm-hmm. don't know what's going mm-hmm. on here. Mm-hmm. Um, so Margaret takes the tape off of his mouth. Instead, he had tape over his mouth. So they take that off. They don't untie him yet. And Dr. Brewer, or what appears to be Dr. Brewer, says that the person that they saw leave the house to go to the airport was a plant copy of him. Mm. He says he's been tied up in the basement for days. So Margaret and Casey are like, whoa, you're telling me that we've been living with a plant imposter, Dad. Mm. Dr. Brewer says, yep, that's right. And look, like Mr. Martinez is here too. He's been tied up. He's also tied up in the closet here. He's just over there. He wasn't in the closet. He was in another place, right? Possibly. I thought he was in the closet. But I thought he was like somewhere across the room, but I guess <laughs> put them both in the closet, I guess. Yep. Um, so the kids untie Dr. Brewer, and he immediately runs and grabs an axe, mm-hmm. which makes the kids uncomfortable. A little bit uncomfortable. I mean, the thing is that they, uh, if I was them, no, I would um, deal with Mr. Martinez first, right? At least untie his mouth yeah. to see what his story what was. That's but really no, smart. They just um, left Mr. Martinez like this guy looks like our dad. So we'll just untie him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they really aren't sure yet if the Dr. Brewer they just untied is the real one or an imposter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Dr. Brewer who had gone to the airport comes downstairs with mom. With mom in tow. This is quite a scene, George. So, yeah, this is the climax here. Mom is alarmed. Mom is uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Does not really know what's happening. There's two people who appear to be her husband, two Dr. Brewers. Mm-hmm. The Dr. Brewer that just re- returned from the airport has the cap on and is like, what the hell, kids? I can't believe you let out the evil capless <laughs> doctor, plant Dr. Brewer. Like, he's a plant man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the two Dr. Brewers then both claim to be the real Dr. Brewer, and they accuse each other of being plants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No plant. No plant. You're the pl- you're the plant. You're the plant. You're the plant. Plant says what? No plant. <laughs> uh, the kids are freaked out. Mom is freaked out. Uh, the capless version of Doctor Brewer that the kids had let out of the closet is holding the axe, and he yells that he needs to destroy the Doctor Brewer that just came back from the airport. Mm-hmm. He seems pretty deranged, and that makes Margaret think that he's the imposter. So she grabs the axe from him. Mm-hmm. And does so quite easily, actually. How does she get the axe? I thought, was it a situation where someone had a knife or something like that? I thought. Uh, not yet. Not yet? Okay. No. All right. This, so she manages to wrestle. Well, there's I, a Dr. Brewer with an axe. Margaret just snatches it away from him. Well, think about it. If he's been in the closet for uh, for so long, uh, he's been in the closet without food or water or drink. He probably shouldn't be able to stand, let alone talk. He's in a weakened state. He's in a weakened state where uh, his um, female daughter is able to just snatch something out of his hands with ease. Yeah. So I'm surprised he's able to stand, considering the length of time he claims to have been in the closet. Yep. So. so so Margaret grabs the axe. Capitalist Dr. Brewer from the closet tries to grab the axe back, but Margaret takes a swing at him, and she's like, everybody, stay back. Back give off. Me, give me a little space. Um Airport Dr. Brewer with the cap says, give me the axe. And Margaret is like, no, I'm just going to hang on to this, actually. <laughs> I'm going to hold on to this. Just, just gonna, you just, you yeah. stay over there. Um, but she doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the capless closet Dr. Brewer looks at Margaret and says, princess, don't give him the axe. Mm-hmm. And Margaret is like, aha, that must be my real father who knows my nickname, princess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then the airport, Dr. Brewer, with the cap, makes a grab for the axe, but Margaret swings it at him, and he backs up. Mm-hmm. She thinks she knows at this point who the real Dr. Brewer is, uh, but she's still not totally sure, but she's got an idea. She tells Casey to get a knife. Yes. Great start to a plan. Yes, yes. Step one for pretty much any plan, get, get a, knife. a knife. She takes the knife and sticks it into the arm of the capless closet Dr. Brewer. And what happens? It bleed, bleeds red blood. Like you normally do when you stick knives right. into people. Yeah. And Margaret is like, aha, that's my real father with the red blood. Mm-hmm. And she gives him the axe. I think it's it was it's kind of surprising that Dr. Brewer was willing to let his daughter stick a knife into his arm. Well, I mean, it's it's presumptuous that she just tried an N of one. You know, I'd say also stab the other one too, at least make it fair. Completely agree with that. Yeah, like stab everybody. Everybody. <laughs> everybody. See what color stab people Casey. bleed. Everybody. <laughs> stab I mean, Bob. like, what is that? <laughs> it's like, uh, what was that? Uh, the thing? Sean Carpenter's yeah, the thing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's something like totally, that. Yeah, this is totally like a. A, th- a thing reference, basically. And you definitely yeah. don't need to, like, jam the whole knife in there. Just say, hey, you know, just a little bit of that. Fantastic. But, um, but yeah, she should have um, stabbed more people is what we're trying to say. Everybody. <laughs> everybody. But I guess the, Dr. Brewer was in, in the weakened state anyway, so maybe he couldn't, like, resist or get away from Probably. stabbing. Yeah. So she <laughs> took the opportunity, stabbed him. Um, Once in a lifetime opportunity to stab your parents. So she stabs... The Dr. Brewer who bleeds red blood. She's like, this is my real father. She gives him the axe. Mm-hmm. That Dr. Brewer then chops the other Dr. Brewer who was easily sliced into green goo. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Dr. Brewer who was struck down was definitely some kind of plant man. So basically manages to chop him in twain with a single swing. Yep. That's pretty, uh, either it's pretty soft or that's a pretty sharp axe or Yeah, or something. both. Yeah. Um, and dad is like, way to go, Margaret. And mom is like, everything's fine now. <laughs> she just came home like maybe... Four minutes ago, yeah, to this insane scene, yeah, she's just seen a lot, but she's like, I'm glad everything's back to normal. Yeah, she pretty quickly, she's like, Oh, everything's fine. Yep, yep. Uh, they let Mr. Martinez out of the closet, who is apparently very impressed by Dr. Brewer's work and wants to, to help him get his job back. So he mm. dealt with the situation seemingly pretty well. Yeah, I think no he, hard feelings. He kind of knew something was going on, but uh, he didn't know the extent, so. Um, Dr. Brewer says that he's going to destroy all the remaining plants in the basement mm-hmm. because they're suffering, uh, but there were a few that were unaffected by the experiments and can go back in the garden. No, no, yeah. no, no. <laughs> um, he also tells the family a little bit more about what went wrong with the experiments. Um, he was electronically making a new plant with DNA from other plants when he accidentally cut from his animals, hand. From animals, from animals. Yes, mm-hmm. plant from... So mixing the DNA of plants and animals mm-hmm. when he accidentally cut his hand... And some human blood got into the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how he made a human-plant hybrid. Mm-hmm. He created a lot of these things and says he could see that they were suffering, but he couldn't stop. It was mm-hmm. too exciting. So right. pretty unethical. Unethical, 100%. The, the um, IRB would um, have a field day with this, yep. the Internal Review Board. Yep. You know, the, If the university has an ethics committee, they may have words. It's I, mean, be. That, I mean, I guess that's the board that was uh, that stopped him from doing his work then. It wasn't the uh, board of like, you know. But he hadn't even created a human plant hybrid, I don't think. What was he doing in his lab? It probably was work with animals. We don't know exactly, but I I guess. And I don't, I don't also don't know what the end goal is. This is definitely in like, I would say under under the umbrella of kind of mad science to create like. Angry science. Because this is far, far from like the agriculture applications that you referred to before. Mm -hmm, This is mm -hmm. animal plant hybrids. And I'm not sure really what the end goal is here. 
I don't know either. I mean, if you want to grow a vegetarian cow, I mean, I guess. Um. Yeah, plant cow of some kind. I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um. He also explains why he has leaves growing out of his head by saying that when he cut himself, some of the plant mixture got into his body. There was a chemical reaction and some other science words. But he says that the leaves are starting to fall out, and he thinks his hair is going to grow back. So I call shenanigans. Every, why do you call shenanigans? I call shenanigans. In order for the like plant juices to change your follicles to produce leaves and things like that, I, I call 100% shenanigans. Shenanigans? You don't buy this? I don't the buy this. Facts? I don't Sci- buy these. questioning scientific, the scientific accuracy? I question the scientific accuracy of this 100%. percent a bold move. It is a children's book. You're right. It is a children's book. Thank you for reminding me. No problem. Uh, but everything seems to be relatively back to normal. Uh, he tells the kids that the plant effects are going to wear off. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So Dr. Brewer has destroyed all of the plants except for a few. That in a re- bonfire in the backyard. Yeah. And then he's taken some of them and relocated them to the garden. He's like mm-hmm. replanted a few of them, the ones that were unaffected. And then a few days later, Margaret is in the backyard and she hears a little voice. And she looks down and sees a flower. Mm-hmm. And the flower says, hey, you got to help me. I'm your father. I'm mm-hmm. your real father. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The end. The end. So that's our story. I remember both the book and the um the Goosebumps show on this one. Okay. Um, I think. Um, do you want to give your hot take real quick? Um, hot take is that um, I mean, I thought it was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, not it's not it's not scary. It's just kind no. of like a, th- a sort of a thrilling story. Kind of exciting. It had its moments. A couple moments there that I thought were great. Um, so by the end, I was I was on board. Um, mm-hmm. Very, very different from book one, but you know, pretty good. I liked it. Like for me, you know, again, I enjoyed rereading it um, and um, coming up on you know things I've read before. Um, there were situations where just the science was just bad, just bad science, and uh, also just bad protection of uh, yourself, your children, your family, and your community. Mm-hmm. Um, again, with something that biological, you don't just want to burn it in your backyard. Uh, you want to completely bleach, bleach down all of the plant material, you know, autoclave it. Autoclave. Can you tell the audience what autoclave is, Justin? Uh, it's like a hot, steamy oven, basically. Hot, steamy pressure cooker. You want to yeah. make sure that every single organic molecule is destroyed, uh, especially when dealing with something that virulent, you know, where it's going to grow up and actually attack you and your family and try to have your family ingest its green plant juice. This is fantastic advice for anybody who finds themselves in in a similar situation. Yes. If you create plant-human hybrids, don't just burn them in the backyard. Don't just burn them in the backyard. You need to completely bleach them, mash them up, bleach them again. Yep. Burn them in a controlled crucible-type environment. Yep. So. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy. Some Definitely some uh, irresponsible scientist behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, but interesting story. So do you think, what, what's your take on the flower thing at the end so there are several different things one take would be the direct take of saying okay that's just another plant that thought it was human like the concept of swamp thing this plant that thought it was a man um that could be one take um another take could be is that there were several versions of the human uh dr bowers hybrid right and the one that's called themselves their dad was probably the best one that you know, lesser ones might have tried to put aside, yeah. And their dad has been long dead for weeks. Wow, you know, that's a, that's a darker possibility. Do you, so okay, so 
you think that um, there are obviously like these plant hybrid versions of dad. Mm-hmm. They all may, might think that they're the real dad. Like does does the the plant hybrid dad that got slashed and killed in the basement? Did he actually think that he was the real so Dr. Brewer, or I th- was he aware of his own imposterness? It's, I mean, it makes it sadder if it thinks that it's the real Dr. Right? Brewer. I love that. You know, like it's sort of like you think you're the real uh, person. And that also goes back to another Schwarzenegger movie. Do you remember that one? Which one? Um, it was one where he like either was a clone or thought he was a clone. And I don't know. Like he was, he woke up and he found out that there's a clone of him living his life, but turned out that one of them was the actual clone. Do you remember that? This sounds familiar, but I don't know which, which I forgot which the name. If, if you guys remember, make sure to comment in the, yeah. um, under the, um, SoundCloud page. Yep. But yeah, so it's a situation where it's sad because you think that it's you mm-hmm. or, you know, um, where you like don't the really know. Prestige also. You've seen the Prestige? I've not seen the Prestige yet. Movie? I'm going to watch it right. at some point. No spoilers. But yeah. But um, yeah, it's a situation where it's highly likely that the dad's been long dead and fed to these plants, you know. Wow. And that um, the plant is just continuing on thinking that it's the father or might have been at one plant was trying to bring him back and made the one that with the red blood that actually thinks they're the father. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, th- and that would explain why the offshoot plant is saying, no, I'm the real father, because um, I doubt that the. Oh, the also the last thing could be that um, the father's consciousness was transferred to the plants wholesale. Yeah, you know, and he was trying to get it back. Consciousness know? transfer. Mm-hmm. Quite a little questionable. Questionable. Scientifically questionable. But I think in this universe in which this is taking place, it's very much a possibility. Yeah, I think I think the option one or option two um, is probably most likely. Either it's a situation where the father. Um, you know, accidentally created these plants so they think that they're him or a situation where the father is actually dead and these are like generation, you know, six or seven of plants that are actually, um, you know, believe that they're him, but he's long dead and buried in the back of the basement. Yeah. Uh, But Martinez, Mr. Martinez, believes that this is important work. He's going to try to get Dr. Brewer's job back, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. making some sort of plant animal hybrids apparently from your perspective what would um that be how could that be um useful to industry or science uh i don't know i really i can't think of any reason why you would need to mix plants and animals unless you're actually growing these um these uh cows that you wanted to grow plant cows or you're growing these uh human clones just for the organs and then just harvesting the organs would that be ethical if they have a consciousness, but they're a plant? I would say no. I would say unethical. So is there anything ethical about this? I'm trying to think. I'm racking my brain here, trying to think of a, a good, noble reason to make these monstrous things. I, Struggling. That, they're in pain constantly. Yeah, they're, they're in suffering. constant pain all the time. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. And all the time they're in pain. Well, so. I mean, it is a, a horror story, so maybe that's the true horror, the most horrible nature of the... Mm-hmm. Of the story is is the, is the suffering that we were the monsters wow. all along. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, but um, but yeah, no, I mean it's it's a good book. Uh, as you read it as an adult, there are more questions than more uh, places where the book story can go, and that makes it more interesting than when you're just reading it as a kid and just kind of spooked out about oh the dad's the flower now. Yeah, yeah. So um, if you guys have any uh, 
hot takes on this or any sort of theories, please make sure you add them, you know, in the comments or, uh, we would love to hear it. Yep. Book two. Book two. Um, any stay out of the basement, stay out of the basement. Anything else you'd like to add, Justin? All right. So again, thank you for listening to, uh, the Justin and George unnamed podcast or the George and Justin unnamed podcast. I forget how I titled it. it. We have to name it at some point. We should really name it. We should really name it. So again, if you guys have any ideas, throw them in and, um, we will be continuing with book Book three. three. Uh, book three. What was that? Monster blood. Monster blood. Yeah. Yes. That'll be fun. Monster blood. All right. So um, again, make sure to like and subscribe. However, you're watching this. If you're seeing this on SoundCloud, thank you. If you somehow are seeing this on YouTube, on YouTube, how'd you do it? I I'm still surprised at how you're doing this, but thank you very much. Um, feel free to contact uh, me through uh, Facebook or SoundCloud. And um, thank you once more for watching. And right. and we are. Out of here. Bye-bye. Peace. Bye.